are the containers of faith. I want you to think about this, that, that, that today, whatever faith is going to exist in your life, and whatever you're going to receive from God and how you're going to receive from Him, we know is by faith, comes from the fact that you are the container of faith. Just look at somebody and say, you are the container. Not somebody else is your container. It's not what God contains of faith. It is what you contain. You are the vessel that faith will reside within. You are the spirit that faith lives in. And so it is important that you, that you understand that, that that container has measures of faith in it. And that, that, that it, will, it will invariably, that faith will grow, shrink, enlarge, be strong, weak. I mean, how many different uh, 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 facets of faith are there that an individual can have within their life? And you are the vessel, you are the container that holds faith. Now we know from Romans 10 and 17 it says this, that faith cometh. How does faith come? Look at somebody and say that again. How does faith come? It comes by hearing. And that's any kind of faith. We know there's more than one kind of faith, don't we? How many know that when I go outside now, if I were to go out to my car, I have faith when I turn the key that it's going to start. That's natural faith, isn't it? I can have natural faith. My faith can be built on a natural, in, in a natural plane. But if I want God faith, God producing faith, or faith that produces like God, because God said I could have the God kind of faith. Matter of fact, Jesus told us, have the God kind of faith. You and I are to have the God kind of faith. Now to have that, I've got to have something that builds that. And that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. The Word of God builds faith within us, and then we contain that faith. You and I are the vessels. We hold that faith within us. Now my message today is that you're the container of faith. I want you to turn over with me to 2 Timothy 1 and 7. 2 Timothy 1 7. One of the greatest things, one of the things you and I must realize is that faith has some, some barriers. Faith has some things that can work against it. Faith Faith in, it, in and of itself, if we didn't have any barriers to it, would be wonderful because we could have everything all the time that we ever wanted. Couldn't we? Because he gives us the desires of our heart. Faith can do that. All things are possible to him. Y'all finish it. I know. Is it a little warm in here? Y'all too hot? Y'all falling asleep? I see somebody. I might come down there and wake y'all up. If you start snoring, I'm going to put you on a microphone. I'm telling you now. Amen. Amen. So maybe it's a little warm. I might be. I'm a little warm. I am personally. Just maybe one. Just knock me a little air. Just give me a, just, a, just a smidgen. Okay, forget it. Everybody else is cold. I stay awake now. Stay awake. That's, that's your last warning right there. Amen. <laughs> a barrier to our faith is fear. Some 29 times... The Bible says that, that we're to fear not. Fear not. It clearly, I mean, just as clear as you can say, it says fear not. Some 29 times the Bible tells us fear not. And I believe one of the worst things or one of the greatest hindrances to our forward motion and, and to achieving what God has for us is this idea of fear, that fear exists. 
and it stops us in our forward motion. It backs us up. And it prevents us from having and receiving what God wants for us. Fear can do this. As a matter of fact, of these 29 times, the, uh, uh, theologians and scholars have come to the conclusion that the Bible contains the words, fear not in some form or another, or be not afraid in some form or another, 365 times. Now, I like that because that means that we should be, I, I'm just going to add my little thing to this. That 365 days a year, yeah, that's just my little thing. I, I just think sometimes things that are significant in the Bible, maybe nobody else sees. But I see them, you know. If 365 times God said, fear not, he's telling us every day of every minute, of every hour of every day, we are to live without fear. You and I don't need to live in fear. Fear cripples us and it backs us up and it stops us from achieving what God intends for us to achieve. Amen. Fear. We're fearful of things. And this scripture says God did not give us a spirit of fear. Now that means God did give us something else. He said, he did. now there's three things in advance of this God did not give me a spirit of fear. And he gives us three solutions. He gave us three things that we have as weapons of our warfare against this thing called fear. This, this thing that hinders us from moving forward. And here it is. He gave us power. Gave us a power. He gave us power. You and I have power. Look at somebody say, you are powerful. You may not know it. You might not have received that in your spirit, Chad, but God said it about you. You are full of power, but of power, a spirit of power, a spirit of power. What else did he give us? Spirit of love. Glory to God when the world looks so unloving, you and I can look loving. You know, the funny thing is we've, we flipped the script. We're powerless. We're loveless, and God knows we ain't got no common sense. <laughs> it's not supposed to be that way. God did not give us a spirit of fear. Matter of fact, God gave us a spirit of fearlessness. We are fearless because we have power, because we have love, an overcoming love. Amen. And we have a sound mind. We think with wise judgment when we operate in God's plan that faith inside of us, that contained within us, that container that we are is containing a sound mind. Not a schizophrenic mind. A sound mind. A spirit of love. I love this one because let me tell you something. Love isn't always an emotion. I'm not always emotionally charged about my marriage. Oh, I know ain't nobody in here want to shout on me. I have sometimes walked through my door and thought, if I didn't have to walk through this door. Now, I know she's never felt that way about me. I'm thinking y'all already know that ain't right. <laughs> no. You're not always, but love was the decision that I made when I walked down the aisle, put the ring on her finger, and I'm committed to a relationship with her. I'm committed to protect her. 
God has given me a spirit of love. I have love on the inside of me. I contain. My faith is intact. And in container, in containment, contained in me is love and power. The power to overcome. The power to love. The power. Amen. Woo! You have it inside of you. The power of God. The love of God. I love that. I talk about love a lot because I've come to realize spiritual people, really spiritual people that are growing and that are maturing in God. The more mature you are in God, the more you're able to take the chip off your shoulder. You don't walk around waiting for everybody to knock it off. Come on, do me wrong, looking for problems. You see, when we get, listen, do you brides in here, anybody getting married? Holy Ghost brides don't have bridezilla. Ain't no bridezilla in Holy Ghost. Because you got power. You got love and a glory to God. You got a sound mind. You ain't got to be selfish and got to have it all your way. You're not trying to be Burger King. Anybody ever watch that show, Bridezilla? Them ain't saved people. Those aren't Christians. Come on, born again believers resolve conflict. They let things roll off of them. They don't hold on to troubles and challenges. They don't take into account wrong suffered. They look beyond those things and they realize, one of the things I've come to realize in my life, this is just me. I don't know about nobody else. Uh, uh, I ain't perfect. That's right, amen. That's right. I have cut people off driving down the road. I'm very cautious never to get aggravated and beep at nobody. Won't never be me beeping at you at the red light. Because I've already done, had been beeped at many times. <laughs> I've been very close to many accidents. Matter of fact, I've already had a few bumper fender benders. You know what I'm talking about? Little one where I wasn't paying attention. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, if we live in a glass house, we really don't need to be throwing stones. Yes, amen. We forget where we come from. We forget what we've done. We forget. We tend to like to look at other people. We can evaluate them. We have no problem in evaluating them. But we have a real hard time evaluating us. Amen. We have a real hard time looking at our, our contributions to the situation. Yes. How many know that there's always two sides to every story? Yes. Amen. Yes. Look at somebody say, there's two sides. <laughs> every argument has somebody else's opinion in it. I saw it one way, you saw it another. Somebody say amen. amen. But spiritual people don't look at things that way. They're containers of God. They're containers we contain within us faith. Every day God wants to pour into us faith. It comes by Christian television. It comes by the messages that Pastor Steve and other pastors preach. It comes by the friend's conversations on the phone. It comes by the radio song that you heard. Yes. Yes. 
But all the time, God is pouring into you faith. He's pouring it into you, and he's pouring into you faith. And that faith is growing because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. As we hear the word of God, we become less and less like the fear that's in us, and we become more and more like the God that's in us. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I found out that anger, real anger that comes out and shows itself is not really an emotion at all. But it is the actions of emotion. It is fear. It is other things that drive us to act out or to, to show the emotion that, re that represent what we feel. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Amen. Yes. People feel threatened and they feel intimidated and they feel, they feel fearful and then they act out of that. And so the Bible says he did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Matthew 19, 26 says something very interesting. And Jesus looking at them, this is Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looking at them said, with God... All things are possible. With men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We're very easy. It's very easy for us to, in the midst of good times, in the midst of things that are going on in our lives, as we go through things, we, we are capable of looking at them, especially in others, and, and, and speaking to others about what, what we perceive God to be yes. able to do. Yes. Yes. And sometimes even in our own challenges, we have faith that, that we contain. We're holding faith on the inside. And so we believe that God is able to do these things. He's able to do the impossible. And so, but there are times, and it's amazing to me, that we see God is able to do almost everything. Now, we know in our mind that God is able to do everything, but have you ever come to the situation, and we all have, yes. where you're sitting there and your problem is so big, you're just not sure. Mm -hmm. You can say whatever you want to, but I know it's true. I know because the devil comes for that very purpose. And he brings challenges, and he brings offenses, and he brings family issues, and he brings uh, sicknesses, he brings marital problems, he brings financial challenge, and he puts them in our lives so that he can de deflate us, so that we can get to the point where we, 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 we begin to believe that God's big enough for some things, but is he big enough for this thing, for my thing? Come on. Situations will come into our lives that will test and try our faith. Yes. The world, the flesh, and the devil will try and test our faith. Yes. Situations will come so that we can cast doubt on our belief. That's right. Amen. These challenges that come, the family challenge, the, the marital challenge, the health challenge, uh -huh. the financial challenge comes so that it will test our beliefs. Do we believe? What we said we believe. Do we believe? Yep. Yep. Somebody say, man, you're the container of faith. See, I know God's big enough for that, and I know God's big enough for the other, and I know this, but when it comes to my thing, can he do that? Is he big enough for this thing? These things come to us and cause us, even though we're confessing out of one side of our mouth that God is good, God is victorious, we are victorious, it causes us to begin to process things. Now listen to me. Yes. 
What happens when, and this is, this is relating to faith, is that the devil comes to cause these things in our lives, the world and the flesh and the devil, so that we will start to look to what we can see. We'll start to look to what we can see. And a, and a good example of this would be Abraham and Sarah. You know, I love this story. But you know, early on, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, knew they were supposed to have a child. The problem was they were looking to the sands of the sea and they didn't understand that it was only seed. Never mind. As they, did you get that? Now that's a little deep for some folks. You might need to look that up. But listen, when they were disturbed by all of this, Sarah comes to her husband. Now, I noticed that Abraham didn't refuse it. That's kind of funny right there now. You're 75 years old, your wife comes in the house and says, I want you to go be with the servant. he should have said no right then he said that's going to violate God's principle I'm not going to no <laughs> he skipped on into the room <laughs> y'all know I'm telling the truth I know we want to make it all religious and sweet and all And he looked to what he could see. He looked and Sarah looked to what they could see. What was visible. And the devil brings challenges to our life and our tests that come, come and they're there because if the devil can cause us not to look to God and to look to the, to the natural, then he wins. Because our victory is not in the natural. The weapons of our warfare. Look at somebody. And say, are not carnal. At the moment you start the carnal stuff. The moment you take on carnality. And you take on earthly sight. Then your vision becomes natural instead of spiritual. And you will lose in that arena. Because our victory is not in the natural. Our victory is in the spirit. The results will be in the natural. But we win if we pull the devil into the realm of faith. And we believe beyond our sight. I walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I walk by faith. Glory to God. I walk by faith and not by sight. You and I are spiritual beings living in a body. We have a mind, a will, and emotions. But we are driven of our spirit. We listen to the word of God. And he leads us and guides us and directs us. And he keeps us. But faith is contained within us. And that faith that God builds every day. The world, the flesh, and the devil come to try and drive holes in the container. So that faith will leak out. And he uses our family. He uses our marriages and he uses our health and he uses our finances to come and attack so that we'll look to the natural. What can I do? How can I fix this? How can I solve my problem? Let me show you, this is an amazing thing. You may not even realize, but we should, we should be aware of the tricks of the devil. Don't you think we should be aware? We walk by faith. 
You know, if you don't have that highlighted in your Bible, if you don't have that as a memorized scripture, and you don't know where that's found, you ought to know that. Come on, you ought to know that. You ought to have that in your, in your, in your, in your archives. It ought to be in your spiritual development. You ought to have that so that you can go to the devil and say, I walk by faith and not by sight. That's, that's, see, when you walk by faith, it doesn't, and, and God told you to go there, or God told you to be there, or God spoke to you about that, or God put you on that job. Then when that person comes and challenges what God told you, you walk by Does anybody see what I'm saying? Yes. But I started thinking about Adam and Eve in the garden. And I took myself over there. And, and, and listen, listen, here. Well, just a few things I wrote down. The things that come cause us to process things based on what we can see. Based on what we can see, we begin to look at it rather than at God. We begin to formulate decisions. Based on it, what I see, rather than God, and what he said. Can you see that? And so, the, the, the devil wants you to see. He wants you to see. He will put it in your face. So you can see it. He'll make sure that you see the text. He'll make sure that that Facebook post is out there. Yes. How many of you know them? You get out there and somebody wrote some vague something, something on Facebook and you knew it was you. <laughs> Have y'all ever had that happen? Anybody on Facebook seen their post out there? It was about you. You knew it was about you. But you thought, I just wish they'd write my name in there. Why don't you be honest and write my name? Have y'all ever had that? The devil will make sure that you will see it. The devil will make sure that you'll hear about it. Because he wants you to see. He wants visibility in the natural so that you're not looking for the miraculous. See, if you start thinking about miracles, you done missed it with him. God wants you on the miracle side. The devil wants you to see in the natural. He wants you to see the problems that exist. He wants you to look at the challenges that are there. He wants you to hear the stuff. And he wants to keep you over there and keep you engaged and keep you intact. In, in, in because if you ever start talking about miracles and a miraculous God, well, you're now moving to the dark side. Uh -huh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, God wants us in the miraculous that he's more than enough. With men, it's impossible, but with God, all things. Tell me what is impossible with God. Nothing. The devil wants you to see. He wants to pull you out of the miraculous and into the natural. He wants to see you use natural sight instead of spiritual sight. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read a little bit. We ought to read the word. Let me read Genesis chapter 2 starting at the 16th verse. And Jehovah God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you can eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. It goes on to tell us later in that chapter, they did not know, and it's clear, they did not know they were naked. They did not know that the last verse says they did not know 
they were naked. Why did they not know? Because they were God conscious. Faith is God consciousness that God is able. That God is able to make all grace abound towards us. In the garden before the fall, before they ate of the tree, before they let something that was outside in. You know, it's okay as long as it's outside. As long as the fruit hung on the tree in the garden, they didn't put it inside. <laughs> when they allowed the fruit in, the next, let's look at the next. Listen, I, I may be a little too deep this morning. Maybe a little too deep. And the woman, this is verse, chapter 3, verse 1, B, starting at the second half of that verse. <clears throat> he said to the woman, yeah, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman shall uh, said unto the serpent, of the fruit of every tree of the garden we can eat. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it. Now, he didn't say that. We know that. It was the ingesting of it. It was letting that which was outside in. You're the, listen, you are the container of faith. If you don't let doubt in, what will be in you? That's right. You are the container of the word of God. You are the container of faith. If you fill yourself with the word. If you fill yourself with faith, what will be in you? The Word and faith. That's why Holy Ghost people, when you get full of the Spirit, what happens is you start because what's in you will out of the abundance of the heart. Holy Ghost folks, getting filled with the Holy Ghost. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, that's why because what's in abundance in you, the Holy Spirit. I can always tell when there's no abundance of the Spirit in somebody because they don't have, they don't pray. They don't pray with us. They don't pray in the Spirit. That's okay. I won't go there. But if you're not in the Spirit, then you're not going to be in the Spirit because what's in is what's going to come out. If you haven't engulfed yourself and infilled yourself with faith, then doubt will fill you and doubt is what will come out. There have been times I've been out there and I touched the fruit. I don't think there's a person standing in the sitting in this room that hasn't struck the water. That's right. That's right. That's Amen. Right. Amen. That's right. But as long as you don't take it in. Mm -hmm. all, right, all, right, all right. All right. Listen. And the serpent said to the woman, Thou shalt surely die. And God does not know in that in the day that you eat thereof, or God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes. Which eyes? They didn't see they were naked. What eye sees naked? They were God conscious. When they ate of the tree, they became self. <laughs> when sin got in them, they realized sin. Can anybody see what I'm talking about? Yes. What they ate off filled the container and they became aware. What did they then do? 
The Bible says they went and took and put something over them. What does that tell us? They took of the natural to fix a spiritual problem. Their eyes were open. And so they looked at what they could do. Glory to God. What can I do to fix my problem? How can I solve my nakedness? Because I now know it. And so they had to use natural means to cover. But it wasn't enough, was it? Because the natural will never be the supernatural. The natural will never be the impossible. The natural will never be the miraculous. Only God can give us a lamb slain from the foundations of the earth. Only God can provide the sacrifice necessary. Only God is able to make the miracle. You are the container. See, the devil came so that he could get them to look at something other than God. To look at something beyond God, without God, void of God. I mean, isn't this the challenge? Isn't this what the devil does? He comes to cause us. These challenges come so that we will look to what we can do. We'll begin to look at how we can solve the problem. And we begin to see God weaker than the problem instead of the problem weaker than God. The natural will always look impossible. When I look at it through natural lenses, it always looks impossible. If today you're sitting in this room and you're thinking they'll never get saved, then you are looking to the natural. Because the, uh, the natural always sees the impossible. Man, I am preaching so good. Think about your condition. Anything that you currently are sitting there thinking, can God do it? You're not looking to God for it. Anything. If today the bills on the table look like they're too big, then you are looking at the impossibility instead of the one who can make the possible. Amen. The only way to live in the impossible is to walk by faith. It is the only way. The container must be filled with God's word and it must be filled with faith. The only way to walk there is to walk by faith and not by sight. The devil only wants you to see the impossibilities of your situation. Miracles are off the agenda. He wants you to believe that God can't change a cancer. That God can't fix a wayward child. That God cannot pay a mortgage. You know, I've come to realize sometimes you just got to take your hands off it. You just got to take your hands off. Have you ever come to the point where you just got to take your hands off? That's the time God will put his hands on. There have been times when I've looked at bills and thought, God, it'll have to, then I don't know what to do. There's no way to pay the bill. There's no way to recover from this. I've been there. I've been there where you've been. And I took my hands off and said, God, well, it's yours. You'll either pay it or we're going on somewhere else or we're done. 
You know, God has always showed up to pay it, take care of it, and keep us in place. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. I'm going to tell you why this works. You're going to get something good out of this. Realize if something's impossible in your life, it's because you're in the natural. You've got to realize that the goal of the devil, we know this from the scriptures, the goal of the devil is to extract the word from you because the word is faith and faith is always the answer. Let me read this to you again. The goal of the devil, the goal is to extract the word from you. Some fell by the wayside. Some fell among the thorns. There was only a few that were good ground. But he came to steal the word. Where does the word reside? It resides in you. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. You are the container. You contain the word. And it gets larger and grows. God placing it in you. And these things come to extract. The word from you because the answer's in the word. There's not a situation in your life that God has not already given us an example in the word for. You say, well, you don't understand. My child is wayward. Well, I read about the prodigal. There's not a challenge, not one thing in the word that God has not already showed us an example of how to overcome. Because the word is the answer. Look at somebody say, the word of God, word of God. is the answer. Let me tell you something. It's not just the answer for some things. It is the answer for everything. Glory to God. Because the word is faith. And the faith is the answer. Natural sight will pull you out of faith and into intimidation. You'll be intimidated. Things will intimidate you and you become harborers of intimidation. Fear rises out of intimidation. How many remember the bully on the playground or the bully at your job? And you really wanted to defend yourself, but you were intimidated. And so fear took over. This is what happens to us, that, that the devil comes to bring intimidation in our family. He intimidates us with our marriage. He intimidates us with our children. He intimidates us. You know, the worst of all, I tell you now, the worst of all is intimidation with money. There's nothing worse because that, that, that is like the bottom or the very bottom of the barrel. You know, you ever heard anybody say, you're going to hit bottom? I think money and money challenges are the bottom. It affects everything. Because if the devil can mess with your money, he'll stop you from tithing. He'll stop you from giving. And that stops the blessing. And then if you can mess with your money, he'll mess with your family because now you're struggling with each other and you come home, you don't even know why you're fighting. If you ever come home, you know the toilet's the problem, but you're fighting about the sink. You don't even know why you're fighting, but it was because the bill collector called you and you didn't have enough and you knew that you had to pay this bill and that bill. I remember, now I just come home and Amy will say, what's wrong with you? I say, I'm just mad at something. She said, well, don't take it out on me. Okay, I won't, but I got to take it out on something. I'll just go outside. Come on. That's right. That's right. You know more fights have happened in the house over money. You got your money, you got your money, he got his money, he got her, she got her money, and never the twain shall meet. And I need $50 for the house bill, and I need $75 for the electric. What are you talking about? Uh -huh. 
Oh, y'all know I'm right. When we look at natural facts, we already know where we are. Ain't nobody got to tell you where you are. You already know the natural fact, don't you? You already know you're broke. Bag like you don't know. You already know. You already know them phone calls is coming. You already know. I've seen more people who miss this just catch this. Do you know we don't fast and pray about what we know? <laughs> You're not fasting and praying about what you already know. You fast and pray for what you don't know. You don't fast and pray for what you already have. Faith is not used for what you already got. <laughs> People go into prayer room, oh God, my life's a mess. Lord, the bill people are calling. The bank is empty. That is not what prayer is for. Prayer is to discover what I already don't know. I am to use my faith on what I don't have, not what I... Oh, if somebody could just get that. See, fear is on what I already have. Faith is on what I don't. I don't pray and fast for what I already know. I'm not trying to get what I got. I'm trying to get what I ain't got. Yes. I'm trying to go where I hadn't gone. Yes. I don't want what I have. I want what I had not seen. And ear had not heard. Amen. Neither has it entered into the, the undiscovered. Where does it come from? Faith is in the container of you. And faith is where it resides. Faith is what pulls out from the impossible to the possible. So what looks impossible, God has an impossible solution. A solution that is possible for your bill problem. Oh, does anybody hear what I'm saying? You see, what you see will become what you say. What you see will become what you say. What you see will become what you say. We begin to build the abundance of our heart because faith comes by hearing. So if I'm looking at what I see, then I begin to say and build the abundance of my heart. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Then we begin to form values and they orient our heart and we begin to fuel emotion. So what we see is what we say, which becomes seed, which is planted in our hearts, which orients our values and causes us to work on it emotionally. Fuels the emotion. That is why the devil will always show you where you are. 
naked. <laughs> he will always show you where you are. And how you can fix the condition. I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. All right, let's try to change my mind. Go over to Matthew 14. <clears throat> Go to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to look at the, four, at the 22nd through the 31st verse. Get this lesson. Matthew 14, 22 through 31. Straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea and tossed with the waves, for the winds were contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto him, unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit that cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if thou wilt, build me, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds were boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink and cried out, Jesus, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him and said to him, O thou of little faith. He was the container of faith. But see, something happened to leak his faith. He had enough faith to get out of the boat. I, you know, you can say what you want to about Peter, but that man had enough faith. Some, he, at the moment he stepped out of that boat, that container was full. Yeah. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He wasn't looking at a wave. If he was, he wouldn't have ever stepped out of the boat. His container was full. Somewhere between there and Jesus, something changed. The container began, in, began to empty. Now I love this because he didn't sink. You don't have to sink. You might begin to sink. But you ain't got to sink. Jesus snatched him out of the water. You ain't got to sink. Look at somebody say, you ain't got to sink. You don't have to sink. You don't have to sing. You may feel like you're sinking right now. The world may feel like you are going down. But you don't have to sink. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, will reach out at our command. Jesus, save me and reach out and pull us out of. Oh! Aren't you glad to know you don't got to sink? You might be sitting in this room thinking, you, I got that sinking feeling, Pastor. You don't know. I'm knee deep in the water. I'm ankle deep in the water. I'm waist deep in the water. People get through storms and they make it to the other side of a storm because they don't allow the storm to get in them. You see, that boat was built to float. 
They made that boat. They put pitch on the inside, pitch on the outside. They covered up every hole that would allow the contaminant of water on the inside. As long as nothing from the outside got in, <laughs> the boat wasn't going down. It wasn't until something from the outside gets in. Just like eating the fruit. It wasn't until the fruit got in. As long as what's inside stays inside and what's outside that's why when you let what you see get in you ain't got to worry the boat ain't going to sink you are the container of faith it was designed to float people make it through storms because they don't allow what's outside to get inside you've got to go through it without it going through you Whatever you're going through, you've got to go through it without it going through you. And you need to build faith barriers. You need to have people around you that are going to build your faith. You need to be building your faith with the tools God gives you to build your faith and continue to increase your faith. What are you going through now that is getting in you? This is a question. What are you going through now that's getting in you? You want to know how to know? By what you're talking about. You can instantly discover what you let in you because it's going to come. What would you do? I just have a question for you. I want to finish up with this. What would you do? What would you do today? What would you do with your life? What would you do today, right now? What would you do if you had no fear and whatever it was that keeps you from doing it wasn't there. If you had no fear at all, no fear, what would you do? Because it's fear that's robbing you from whatever it is that God has for you. Would you go to school? What would you do? Would you get a better job? Would you stay in that job? I mean, your decisions of life, your life paradigms, where you're going to go and how you're going to solve your problem come from fear. What would you do? As long as Peter, remember Peter stepped out of the boat. As long as Peter, this goes back to my original statement, was God conscious, he walked over what was supposed to drown him. He walked on what others would sink in. The moment he became self-conscious, he began to sink. You are the container of faith. Jesus said three things to them. He said, be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. The only question we ever have to ask is, is it you, God? Is it you, God? Is it you? Because if it's you, then as long as I do that, I know I won't sink. Is it you? That's the only question we ever need to ask. When God speaks to us, He tells us to do something, and we step out on the water of faith, all we have to know is, is it was it God? Did God tell me to do that? Did God tell me to go there? Did God tell me to take that job? Did God tell me to do this? 
Because if he told you, then if you stay God conscious, you'll never sink. Brother, would you bring out my demonstration this morning? Faith is deposited. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You will, if you allow the world, the flesh, and the devil to attack you in vital areas of your life, your family, your health, and we'll put it right up here, your family, your health, and your finances, and he'll poke holes in your faith. You see, many people, many people today, and you are the container of faith. Let's put it right there in the middle. Let me have that. You are the container of faith. And let's just imagine today, we look at this, it's, you're this. And inside of you is faith. Built up every day, all the days long. Words that come in from Pastor Steve, from television, from various places. And the devil comes and he, and he, and he tries to poke holes in our faith so that we'll see the natural rather than the supernatural. So this is what he does. He comes in and puts a hole in us with our family. And he hits us again. And he hits us again with our family and our friends and relationships. And then he comes and hits our marriage. Then he gets my, my health. And I'm leaking, I'm just leaking. My faith's leaking out and what was in me is coming out. And he stabs me again and tries to find another place of vulnerability and moves me off my faith because... He wants my faith to leak out. He wants to steal the word for me. And then he comes in the worst one of all. He, he hits me in the bottom of the barrel. I mean, at the very bottom. And he gets my money and my finances. And now I can't pay my bills and I get in trouble. My faith is leaking out. You know, you, you're walking around as Christians. You've been hearing the word of God. You quote, claim, have faith. But yet you're leaving a trail of faith. Everywhere you go, you're leaving a trail of faith. Your faith's leaking out. And I said, that's kind of grim, Pastor Steve. I mean, what's the positive side? Why don't we turn it around? 